0: new thing. Hello, Malcolm here. Welcome to your daily devotional podcast, Anchored in Isaiah 43 and verse 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now we're currently looking at God doing a new thing in the life of Nehemiah, and today we're going to explore Nehemiah's Lament Part 1 We read in chapter 1 verses 1-4 to Nehemiah says that when I was in Susa the capital one of my brothers Hanani came with certain men from Judah and I asked them about the Jews that survived those who had escaped the captivity and about Jerusalem They replied The survivors there in the province who escaped captivity are in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, fasting and praying before the God of heaven. What Nehemiah is doing here is more than just praying. He is lamenting. And the topic of lament is not something we talk about a great deal in our churches, at least historically where I've been connected. However, it is a significant theme throughout Scripture. By some calculations, the book of Psalms contain around 60 psalms of lament. Some people think it's a lot more than that. There's even an entire book called Lamentations. Nehemiah is known as a man of action and for good reason. However, we will focus here and in the next few podcasts on his lament because without his lamenting, his actions mean nothing and we misunderstand his actions. Think about his lament here. Nehemiah is not directly or personally responsible for the problems in Judea or Jerusalem, the walls, the gates, nothing to do with that. But he responds to this bad news by taking it in a sense personally and taking it directly to God. Notice how highly expressive he is in his lament. It says that he wept. Man, it's very strong, isn't it? He wept, he mourned, he fasted, and he prayed. And he does not feel any embarrassment about allowing that full expression of his grief before God. You might remember Psalm 137 and verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. Remembering a former time, remembering a better time, and recalling that now is a time of shame. Think of Jesus in Hebrews five and verse seven. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Why did he cry? Why, Why fervent cries and tears? Not because he had no hope, but because he was deeply moved by the plight of the men and women he found in this world and wanted to make a difference. The bad news breaks Nehemiah's heart. It's as if he cannot help himself as he collapses to a seated position, beginning to weep and crying out to God. I imagine his fasting might be involuntary in some sense. I mean, how could he think to eat in this circumstance? How could food be interesting or attractive when the news is so terrible? Not all prayer is like this, of course, but there are times if things are going to change, if God is going to be able to do a new thing when we must face up to what is broken, in other words, that which is not as God intended. So why not today? Take some time, take something that's broken to God today. Take some time to bring that to Him and dare to express yourself to Him without holding anything back. I hope that you find your heart, your life, your congregation, and your world inspired by God doing a new thing. Until tomorrow take care uh, and goblins